Hello everybody and welcome to the second episode of the Insight Club podcast. I am your host Robin and today I'm really excited to share with you a talk from the creators of Syntropy Chiropractic Training, Drs. Aaron Morris and Pat McMahon. They are both self-proclaimed chiropractic nerds, both have been in practice for almost 17 years. Pat reports having attended every single chiropractic technique seminar that's out there. He's a real science guy, he loves delving into research. Aaron has practiced all over the world in different languages and really is an excellent communicator and a master adjuster. They both trained with the great Arno Bernier and were both lead trainers for MLS. And a few years ago, they created Syntropy Chiropractic Training together to train others to be the best adjusters on the planet. These guys came to AECC to give this dynamic double team talk to the students and the way they actually structured this talk was really unique because instead of giving just a premeditated presentation, they actually let the audience ask a load of questions before the talk so that they could gauge what we wanted to hear and, to, and so they could create the discussion from there. So 11 questions were asked and to neat up, neaten up the clip for you, I'm going to read out the questions right before we get into the talk. So the questions were as follows. Number one, what can chiropractic do and what can't it do? Number two, are there any contraindications to adjusting? Number three, when is the technique chiropractic and when is it not chiropractic? Number four, what are your biggest tips for communication? Number five, how much of what makes chiropractic so awesome for patients is it the communication and how much is it the adjustment itself? Number six, when was your penny drop moment and when did things actually start to fit together and make sense for you? Number seven, how would you define a great adjustment? Number eight, how is the chiropractic community in Spain? Number nine was directed at Pat and he says, Pat, how long have you been growing your hair? And he actually answered this directly straight away of saying about a year and a half. Number 10, what do you say to the patient that's not getting better? Number 11, and this is my favorite one. If you could reach out to all the chiropractic students in the world, what message would you like to send to them? So those are the questions that form the topic of this talk. I hope you enjoy what these guys had to say. When we get to the end of the talk, I will share with you what's coming up next in the for the podcast and when you can expect to hear them. Here we go. That most people don't offer, most other professions. The adjustment. The adjustment, completely. So I was given a, a speech in Atlanta about a month ago. There was a guy there and he was actually a professional speaking coach. And he was talking to me, he said, you know what? When I come to your office as an as a individual, as a patient who's not a chiropractor, when I bring my wife to your office, when I bring my newborn baby into your office, I don't, can we curse here? I don't give a shit about your marketing. I don't care about the pain on your walls. I don't care about your brochures. I want to know that I'm in the place that I can get the best adjustment, the safest adjustment, and the best quality care for me and my family. And when he said that, it was just so clear. I mean, we train so much in the academic world. We train communication. We train business skills. We train all of these things to get better. But the one core service that you offer that changes lives is the adjustment. And unfortunately, most people don't take the same level of training to that. 
And so for me, the number, number one thing, and what was the question again? What would you... What's a message? What's, like just a message sent out. Yeah, master your craft. Master your craft. Okay, if you want to be a master craftsman, if you want to build the most beautiful cabinets in the world, you don't just have crappy tools. You don't just kind of throw stuff together. You take your art seriously. Take your craft seriously. That is the number one thing that will take us to the next level. And I think we're one of the only professions in the entire world that has declined in the delivery of our skill, in the delivery of our service. You know, if you look at basketball, golf, uh, mixed martial arts, uh, any, any profession, law, everything has jumped up. Engineering is at a higher level. And I think chiropractic is one of the very few professions that has actually gone down in our skill level. Okay, and this is not a, a aimed at any schools or anything like that, but we just, our schooling is set up to make us not a danger to the public, okay? And so we have to have a certain clinical expertise, and that's very important, we need that. But what's happened is the, the clinical acumen or the, the delivery of the skill has been pushed aside, okay? And I feel like that is the one thing that really will answer all those questions, mm -hmm how we unify, how we grow our profession, um, how we have more connection amongst ourselves as practitioners. But for me, it's all about the adjustment. That is the number one thing. Because I know plenty of people that have huge practices by just delivering very quality care. And that's it. And they have people referring, bringing their families in. Um, so that, that for me is number one. Number one. If yes. I can, yeah. Yeah. If I can just pick you. Would you, as a student, for example, focus rather on one technique, or would you, because they all talk about also diversity and have different tools in the toolbox? Yeah. Have like two, three, four. Get into everything. Absolutely everything. Everything. Yeah, everything. Um, and we're going to go back to a couple of these questions because that'll lead us to that. Um, but there's a core theme that I would start from. You build the, the tree with the, the trunk and then the branches. We'll, we'll come back to that. What were you going to add? I was just going to say, to piggyback onto that, um, if we don't know how to communicate to people, somebody asked about communication, if we don't know how to communicate to somebody, we're never going to get them to lie down on the table. Even though you have the best hands in the world, and you're amazing at it, and you know you've got confidence in what you do, if you can't communicate that in a way that's attractive to the person who's in front of you, so that they're like, oh my god, that sounds interesting, I tell me more about that, or I want to try that, or that sparks a little bit of hope or interest in them. If you can't do that, then they'll never lie on your table and there's no way that you can be successful. Does that make sense? Yes or no? Yes, okay. Um, and so how much training do we get on that though? How much training do you get on that at school? How, do you, how much training do you get on communication? Very little. Yep, yeah, us as well. Yeah. We, we got about zero and so it's one of those things that unless you take it on to do it yourself and to realize, okay, she's sitting in front of me, she's different. She wants something different than he wants and he wants something different than she wants. And if we can get really good at connecting with people and communicating in a way that's attractive to them and it speaks to their values, then they're gonna to wanna to try what we have to offer. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you have somebody who's like a computer um, person and the most important thing to them is their computer, then we're not gonna be talking to them about athletic performance, are we? If there's a pregnant mother and all she cares about is being able to feel good to take care of her child, 
then we're not going to be talking to her about computers and about this is going to make you think clearer. It's, it's like knowing how to connect with people quickly and then be able to communicate in a way that's congruent with that. And if we can do both of those things, and then I know that Patrick is in, is in agreement with me on this, is if these are pillars up here, what is below the pillars? Foundation, right? So what's the foundation of all of that? What's the foundation of you're doing this thing where you adjust, you're doing this thing where you communicate? What's the foundation? Why you're doing it. Why you're doing it and who you are, right? Um, I know people who were really, really technically great adjusters, athletic people, um, could generate tons of speed and they were just, they had the touch, right? But then they didn't believe at all in what they were doing. And it was just like this thing that they just, oh, I'm just kind of doing and we'll see and it's cool if I can get good at it. Uh, they didn't really believe in what they were doing and they didn't have a lot of certainty in what chiropractic could do and they were not successful in practice at all, even though they could move the bone very well. So if we talk about these kind of pillars, then the foundation under that is who we are being and our belief about that. And if we don't work on that, it takes a long time to get successful. You have to just work and work and work and work. And if you can just get the foundation and work on those things, it's so much easier. So much easier. And a lot of that, Aaron and I were talking about this on the drive up. We've had a, a long day of travel. It's been about 12 hours to get here. I don't know, are we in the States? Are we in the UK? <laughs> but basically talking about how you get all this kind of patchwork information from so many various sources and these ideas. And then, you know, I said immediately the adjustment for me. And Aaron talks about communication. But really, if you step back in that why and who we're being, it's about having a coherent and congruent message from start to finish. Okay, and when you have um, inconsistencies in your message, in your belief system, in your values, that shows up. And the world starts, you start attracting those lessons in life. And so what I would say is even below the adjusting and the communication is having a very congruent belief system start to finish. And it evolves. And it, it's like a, um, a hologram. You know, it, it has greater and greater levels of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, detail. But it, you're constantly reframing the entire thing as a whole. So you need to really, really understand what you do, why you do it, and what is the value for other people, and how does that, from the very first communication I have with someone, to the delivery of the hundredth adjustment, how is that congruent from start to finish? So that is super, super important. So the consistency within the beliefs, mm -hmm. um, you just like to define that within context, because I'm struggling, uh, what do you mean by inconsistency within your belief? Okay, so, um, if you believe that chiropractic is a treatment for neuromusculoskeletal uh, issues, and yet you have a marketing program that you bought from some company or some coaching thing that's about a pediatric practice, and you're using these scripts that don't fit your belief, then there's a lot of inconsistency and incongruency, and it will be felt by the people. Um, if you are believing that um, you're telling people that chiropractic treats uh, all types of conditions and you're not seeing it happen and you're feeling that incongruency and that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so 
you have to know what is chiropractic for you and what is the value that it offers, and that has to be consistent in all of the communication. Okay, so meaning you can take someone else's outside scripts or sayings or things that you hear from a stage and try and put that into practice, but if it's not in line with what you actually believe, then that will never work and it will be felt immediately as inauthenticity. Does that help clear it up a bit? Or do you have a more specific question? No, 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 that does clear up it. And I will be... <laughs> you know, I really... Um, for me, chiropractic is a lot more than pain treatment. Um, I used to think it was exclusive of that, but I'm a lot more open in my older age. I believe that there are different pillars and different levels that people can participate at. And for me, it's either most people come in because they're looking for some relief from something. There's pain, there's prevention, and there's performance. And depending on where on the scale someone is, I'm always trying to meet them where they are and bring them up a level. And bring them up a level in what I can offer them. So I think it's very inclusive of all those, those different mindsets. But you have to have a congruent system to move them up the ladder. And it's really normal. Someone asked about when was the moment that it all kind of started making sense for you. And it's really healthy to just doubt it until, like we should be doubting it. We should be really doubting it and questioning it until something really starts to click for you and go, that model I can work with. Um, and I'm gonna try it on. And let's just try it for a while and see how it goes. But it takes a while to get that, doesn't it? Because we have, there's so many different approaches. There's so many different techniques. There's so many different ways that we can do this thing, which is actually the beauty of the profession. But it's, it can be confusing as well. And just so you guys know this, it never stops. You're always, it's like always evolving, isn't it? It's just, we're, it's like, it seems like we're such nerds, chiropractic nerds, because we just talk about it all the time and we're fine tuning stuff and how can we change it and make it a little bit different and better because we're evolving. You understand that? And you will be evolving as well. So even though you don't have it figured out now, don't worry, because you never really fully do. <laughs> you just have a system that works that you can feel more and more congruent with every time. And as you do that, it creates great power like he's talking about. Have you ever seen like a really powerful, powerful person walk into a room and you know that they have a powerful presence? How many people have seen something like that? We have to be that person. So when we walk in for our people, it's like, the more congruent you are, the more pow powerful your presence is. The more clear you are about who you are and about what you're doing and why, then the more you're gonna walk in with that power. And if you have that, and it just, it's like, you're just transmitting confidence and it's like, that's all people want. They wanna feel like, oh, this person knows what they're doing. I wanna, I wanna try that. I don't even really understand what it is, but I, I like this. I like how I feel here. Cool. And that won't be for everyone. Okay? The more congruent, the more clear you are, and the more you have your own message, and you're standing for something, then you're going to really attract your people to you. There's also going to be a segment of the population that is not going to want what you are offering. If you try and be all things to all people, you're going to be nothing to no one. So, very, very important with that that congruency. I think a really good thing to do is if you have doubts about that, like you hear us talking about that and you're like, God, I don't know, I, there's some resistance to it, it's fine. That means you should really think about, okay, what is my message? What is my, what is my purpose? 
What am I doing? What am I inspired by? Because it's easy to sit back and doubt it and go, oh, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't know about this. But it's true, man. I will tell you, it's just, it really, really works. So if you have resistance to what we're talking about, just think about, okay, what is it? If I, if I do have to stand for something, what is it? If I do have, what are my beliefs about chiropractic? What are my beliefs about what I'm doing? And just, I won't, we're not gonna make you, anybody say, say it if they don't want to, don't worry. But I just do wanna see a show of hands. How many of you feel like, yeah, I feel pretty clear about what my purpose is and message is as a chiropractor? Just raise your hand if you feel pretty clear about it. You don't have to say it, don't worry. I just, I'm curious. Just raise them high so we can see. Okay, good, and then raise your hand if you're like, yeah, I'm not sure, I think I definitely need to work on this. Raise your hand if you have frozen shoulder. We've already been over that. So, the worst thing you can do is not participate. And the best is to go, yeah, I feel good about it, and I'm open to evolving. Um, but if we don't participate, then it's like you just can't really do anything. Okay, cool, so let's jump in a couple of those questions. How important is specificity? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's extraordinarily important with a caveat. Okay, so a caveat, it's like a disclaimer. It's, uh, I think it's Latin for wait, it's a disclaimer. It's small print. Yeah, it's small print in Latin. Don't look that up. Specificity for me is about adjusting with the proper biomechanics into the system, okay? So when we define, for me, I'm very, very comfortable with the word subluxation, but if it's a, a somatic dysfunction, manipulable lesion, whatever concept you wanna put that umbrella under, I don't believe in a bone out of place putting pressure on a nerve, okay? Like a traditional, okay, PRI, okay? I believe that we have lost a proper range of movement, okay? And so it has a normal, range of movement that the joint goes through and when you lose that movement through all of its proper ranges then you're going to lose the proper input into the nervous system and you're going to make plastic changes at the cord level at the cerebellum thalamus cortex etc etc and so specificity is finding where that joint is not moving and making sure that you're adjusting in a proper biomechanical fashion coupled movement for me and also making sure that you're adjusting into an open system Okay, what do I mean by that? So, if I have a person that I'm going to adjust and I go and turn them like this and they're completely locked down, that for me is a no-go, okay? That is going to create a manipulation. I'm gonna do something to someone, okay? As opposed to when I can find that space, that area where the system begins to open, because for me, and this is my definition, you can take it or leave it, it doesn't matter, for me, subluxation is a neurological state of threat, of protection. And my goal, my whole goal for making the adjustment is putting energy and information into the system in a non-threatening way, and in a way that's gonna move the nervous system out of protection and into growth, okay? So my lens that I'm looking through is that, and what I'm always feeling for is where does the system open, where does the system invite me in? As long as I'm in a mutually beneficial relationship with the person I'm adjusting, as opposed to doing something to them, and their body says yes, and it calls me in there, then I'm saying that specific. 
if and only if you do it in a biomechanically correct way. Okay? So we get into a lot of that and um, stuff that we teach, but basically just coupled movement. So joints don't move in these like linear plane movements like this. They're curvilinear and rotation and flexion, lateral flexion, they're coupled together. And when you can address them all at the same time, it really, really enhances the specificity. Okay? And you will get a much more specific outcome from the nervous system. Does that make sense? It wasn't my question. Oh, sorry. I'm answering to you. Whose, whose question was that? That was your question, right? Okay. So, um, so I come in, I do a clinical analysis on someone, right? We do a workup. And we go, this person has XYZ condition, whatever. I find that there's fixations, there's subluxations, upper cervical, sacroiliac, thoracic, wherever. I'm finding the area that the system allows me in. And that, to me, is what's creating the specificity. Okay? As opposed to PR, I'm going right to left. Uh, yeah, all the, you know, all the vectors. Trying to put that together because I'm going to put that bone from point A back to point B. That's never even in my mind. So, if that, if that makes sense. How do you explain that to the patients, what you are then doing? Okay, well, it depends on the language that they speak to me with. Okay. Okay, because if you come in, you're a potential patient, and you start telling me a little bit about your life and what's going on, and I'm getting to, like, what's important for you, you're going to speak to me in a specific language. And so it's going to be either uh, more of a structural thing or more of a functional thing. And depending on how you relate to me, that's going to affect the language that I speak to you. So imagine that... You're coming in and you've got, um, you've got thoracic outlet syndrome, okay? Or you've got, you can't feel your hand and you've got this head forward posture and you work at a computer all day and you're like, my neck hurts and I can't feel my hand and I'm like this. I will probably speak to you in structural terms. When your head moves forward, it changes the uh, joint centration, it changes the weight on the neck, it causes everything to shift, muscles tighten down, okay? If you come to me and you say, oh man, I've got headaches and I can't sleep and my digestion's off and then I'll talk to you about when your nervous system gets overwhelmed and it's in a stress state, it tends to lock down like this and that can be contributing to this. So what we're doing with the adjustment is helping the nervous system to relax and calm down. We're getting it out of that stress state. But if it's a structural thing, what's happened is you've lost the movement and when things don't move, it's like a rusty hinge and it has this whole structural thing that also affects your nerves. And if it's functional, you have this nervous thing that also affects your joints and your structure. Make sense? So it really depends on who we're talking to and what's important to them. Yeah. So. And also, if you, then we'll get your question. Um, do you guys feel fairly comfortable with, I, I know I'm asking a lot of questions because I want you to reflect on this and see where you're at in the room. Comfortable with your explanation? Like if you were to meet somebody and your friend's like, Oh, yeah, it's a chiropractor. She has all kinds of back problems. You should definitely talk to this person. It's a chiropractor. Maybe she can help you. How comfortable do you feel? And just think one to ten. Ten being incredibly comfortable. I feel like I could talk to them, and they'd be very interested in chiropractic, and they'd probably want to make an appointment to come see me. And one being like, no, I'm terrified to do that. Just get yourself, rate yourself now. One is I'm terrified. Ten is I'm completely confident. Got the number? Yeah? Okay. Tell your partner what the number is. Person sitting next to you. <laughs> 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 I, I still have to 
Have you got more? Yeah, we're going to go. You're right, it's probably Yeah, you can start, just turn the brightness down. Counting to a hundred? <laughs> okay. So, when somebody's um, talking to you, just listen up up here. Somebody's like, yeah, I've got this thing going on. Um, I have this... Your chiropractor, yeah, I am, okay, I've got, I've got this low back thing going on, and uh, it really sucks, and it's just like, oh, God, so your chiropractor, if I'm in pain, and I have an issue, what do I care about? Getting rid of the pain. What do I care about? My pain, right? And can you help me get rid of that, probably, and help me feel better? What are we interested in, what are we interested in as chiropractors a lot of times, and as chiropractic students? What are we interested in? Huh? Concept of pain. Concept of pain. What cause, else? Cause, oh, ca cause, function. Sorry. cause, function. What else? What are we interested in? If the, if the patient's happy? What the patient wants? Okay, that's good. So a lot of times what I see is um, when chiropractors and a lot of times chiropractic students, because you're so in the academic part, it's like, wanting to explain it and explain it and explain it and talk about what's going on in the science and this is why it could be happening. And, the, and do people care about that or not? No, because no, we just said they care about their pain and feeling better. And so, how you doing, Lance? Um, and so what might be a good way to connect with somebody if they're having issues and we need to not vomit out all of our chiropractic knowledge on them? What, be, what might be a nice way to engage with them so that we can have a conversation? Emotional. Sorry? Emotional. Yeah, emotional. And how do we get to that? How do we, how do we engage people in a conversation? You're right. And how do we do it? Speak their language. Speak their language, yes. And how do we get to what is their language? Ask them, ask them questions. Very good. So that's perfect. So we got to, instead of telling, then we got to ask. That makes sense? What do we have to ask? Well, how about finding out what's going on for that person and why it's important for them? And if we can get to that, then they can feel understood, right? And if they feel understood, then they might go, now what is it that you do exactly? And then you have a chance in to go like, yeah, you should, let's check it out, let's see if I can help you. So it would look something like this. Do you wanna be the person with low back pain? <coughs> okay, so listen up, you guys get to practice this in a few minutes as well. It's a very, very helpful exercise. So. And it covers a lot of the, the questions that you had. So say she introduced us, oh, he's a chiropractor, you need to meet her and everything like that. So it's like, oh, so what's, what's going on? She said that you're having some back issues. And think about how you would respond as we go through, okay? Let's see how it goes. So what's going on? Well, my back hurts. Your back hurts? Okay. And... <laughs> um, tell me more about that. Yeah, so tell me more about that. Since How long has that been going on? For three months, yeah, and is it, what happened? Um, nothing really. Nothing? Do you, you have an accident or a fall or anything no, like that? Nothing. Okay, good. And then, what else do we want to know from her? What is going to engage her more in this conversation? Pain is one thing, what else? Activities. Say it again? Activities. Activities, yeah, well, how it's affecting her, right? Oh, that really sucks. Then how's that affecting your life? Is it other things you can't do because 
of, of that? Um, <laughs> just make something up, come on. Uh, I can't really do my um, swimming classes. You can't really do your swimming classes. Okay, good. And so instead of going right into where she introduces us, and I go, oh yeah, I'm a chiropractor, and what I do is I work with the spine, and I work with the bones, and I, I line everything and make sure that everything... She doesn't care, right? What she cares about is that she has this pain going on and it's affecting what? Her swimming classes, yeah? And that's probably something important for her. So instead of going in and telling her what's going on, we gotta ask a few questions, get her engaged, and then just be like, oh, okay, um, what might be a nice thing that I could say after I've heard her and understood her a bit? I hear you, I feel you, that must be hard. Yeah, just acknowledge it, right? So, yeah, I understand. So it's affecting your swimming. That must be, that must really suck. And, or whatever way that you want to say it, right? And then she's like, yeah, okay, I've, I've been hurt here. And so that must be hard or that must be terrible or whatever. And, and then now is a chance to get into what we do. But not before. If we do that before, she doesn't care. See? And then you can get into, have you ever tried chiropractic before? No, I haven't. I have no idea what it is. It would be okay if I explained to you what it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. This was key. Would that, would it be okay, or do you mind if I explain? It's asking permission, because then they're opening the door and allowing you to explain what you do. Yeah, and sometimes they're like, eh, they don't even give, they don't care. Sometimes they don't care, and it's just like, don't go there. But it's like, if they're into it, like, yeah, okay. Then you get to give you a quick, very, very, very brief, we call it the elevator speech, your elevator talk yeah. of chiropractic, which is like, if you're in the elevator and the door is closed and you got 20 seconds, explain it, yeah? And then um, what we want is them being interested in asking more questions, them asking us questions, not us vomiting up uh, everything we know about chiropractic and about neurology. Does that make sense to everyone? Yeah. It's very useful. This may seem like common sense, but it's very, very helpful, yeah. What if they do know chiropractic and they've had a bad experience and they're scared or don't yes. Same thing. Tell, tell me about it. What happened? What, what, was, what was your experience? And then just start getting into that, wow, that must not have been nice. Would you be open to me explaining kind of how I work and how it might be different? Because here's the thing. When you go in and you just start talking, nobody cares. Why do they care about what, what you care about? You know, you're, you're like that needy person. I need you to like what I like. You know? It's just... You want to actually find out if they're actually interested. If they're not interested, don't waste your time. You know? Um, so, yeah, I would do that. I would just, anytime something uncomfortable comes up, I always go directly towards it, but with a very open attitude. You know? And I'll just ask about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. That was an awesome. So, what if you have that patient who kind of, they, they get there and they're, they're very quiet and, and they, they're not really engaging with you very mm -hmm. much about, uh, or not asking you very many questions, and you still want to tell them about what you're doing and, and how it's going to benefit them. And, but like, so there's that kind of with some a situation like, like this, where maybe it's it's somebody or it's already already a patient or it's somebody you just met, already a patient. Okay, well let's not go there yet because let's let's close this chapter okay. here and then we'll move on. Thank you for being uh, doing this, by the way. Yes. So yeah, um, in this situation, but with someone with no back pain. Yes. If it was someone like you were talking about having digestive system problems uh -huh. or things mm -hmm. like that, like I've had friends who've talked about their 
like inability to sleep at mm. night, and then they talk about taking medications. And I want to get in there and kind of yeah. like, what if you try it? But it's yeah. so difficult because they don't think of it as something that could potentially help. I mean, for me, it's it's the same thing. You say, oh wow, and just acknowledge what they said. So it's it's affecting your sleep, and oh, that must be hard or whatever. And then um, for me, a line I use a lot, and, and it works pretty well with people. Is like I say, do you know anything about chiropractic? And most people are like, oh, I have some idea about it. And I just say that it chiropractic is one of the most incredible things and misunderstood things that I know of. And it kind of piques their interest a little bit, and say. Yeah, because I've helped a lot of people with X, Y, and Z, whatever problem they're talking about, because we see that all the time. And I hope you guys understand that. We're not treating X, Y, or Z. You know that, right? We're not treating that. It's like we're not manipulating or adjusting people just to get rid of something. We're helping their body get back into balance and get back into health. And when that happens, all of a sudden their body can heal. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just getting clear about that. You guys, we can't heal anybody. We don't heal anyone, and I hope no one thinks that you're actually healing somebody. Because if you're adjusting someone and they heal, what is it that's healing them? It's their own body. If you adjust a cadaver, does it heal? It just doesn't come back to life, does it normally? So it's gaining clarity about that all of these things happen. It's like, yeah, I've seen, actually I had a woman, and don't make it up, if it really happened, I had a person in my practice who was having all kinds of sleeping issues or digestive issues, and she got way better. And um, yeah, it's great. And medical doctor down in Malaga? Yes. I had a medical doctor and she was, um, she had to quit actually. She was a, an emergency, uh, it was like an ER. She was on the ambulance, in, in the ambulance and she was going around and she was a medical doctor, loved her work and really passionate about her work. And when she came in to see me, um, she was complete, very skeptical, very, very rude. She was really a bitch when she came in. And it was like, she was, a, and it took everything for me just to like, okay, I need to control my ego here because I wanted to just kick her out. You know that feeling where you just don't? And I was like, no, wait, just wait. Just listen to her. This isn't about you. It's not about your ego. And I started talking to her and she goes, I've been everywhere. I've been to all the best doctors around Spain. I have this digestion, digestive issue that I just can't figure out. Nobody knows what's going on. I have this problem where I just get diarrhea and I just, I can't control it and I, and I just go to the bathroom. Where, wherever I am, it's almost immediate and I can't control it at all. She was um, early 30s and had a little girl um, and she was like completely destroyed because she couldn't have a normal life and she couldn't even take her daughter out to play. Um, and I remember telling her that I can't even take her out to the park because if, if I do, I might have an accident and that's just, I can't, that's so embarrassing. I can't have that happen. Um, and she was very, very, very rude. Um, and I just told her, because she said, I don't even think this is going to work. This is bullshit. This is, you know, I don't even know why I'm here. So a lot of times we try to convince people who don't want what we have to offer. And I did the opposite. I just said, you know what, that's okay. Let's just, let's just stop. Like, we don't have to even move on with this appointment. If you're sure this isn't going to help you, why would we waste your time and money on this? Let's just stop. And I got up to leave, said, thanks for coming in. And I got up to leave, and she said, as I was leaving, she said, wait, 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 no. And came back, and then she immediately dropped down, and we started connecting. And that's when she told me all of this stuff that was going on. Long story short, um, she goes, okay, I'm gonna try this. I said, we need to do this twice a week, and I need to see you for three months. She was completely jacked up. She had a very messed up spine. Twice a week for three months. And after about a month, she goes, 
something's changing. And I go, okay, cool. And after about six weeks, she goes, yeah, something's really changing. I haven't had an episode um, for the last two weeks. We finished the three months and she was completely normal. Her, her digestion was normal. She was able to have a normal life, go play with her kid, all that stuff. And then after about six months, she was back working again. Um, and so just so it's clear, was there a special adjustment I did to take care of the explosive diarrhea? <laughs> was there? No. <laughs> Not at all. What, what is it that actually happened there? It was her body was completely out of balance and it was just like, let's nudge her towards balance. And as she got back to balance, her body knew what it needed to do. Way more than we knew, educatedly, what, what I could start giving her supplements, I could start telling her to take this, take that, go over here, go do that. Like, how about we just adjust people, because it works. And, and, and she, do you think she was grateful? Hmm. Changed her life, man, she was so grateful. She was just, I can't believe what, I can't believe this happened, I can't believe what you've done for me. Not me. Chiropractic did it. I just happened to help. You know what I'm saying? So we need to just watch that sometimes. When people have amazing results in our practice, you guys are going to experience these amazing miracles that happen where people get right back to health and just understand it's not us doing it. Uh, somebody said once, if you take the credit, you better take the blame. I don't feel good. I feel worse after the adjustment. You better take that too. So anyway, I don't know if that helps, but hmm. cool. Yeah. Any questions about that? Yeah. Um, kind of a side note, if you have a patient who's constantly, you have your objective measures and you can see they're getting better, but they still keep going on about the pain. <laughs> then you can see you're getting better and they're like, yeah, but this, this isn't doing anything. Yes. What do you say? So I handle that. Sure. I mean, it depends on how often it's coming up, but if it's just like, I understand if you're seeing the positive change, it's a process. Do you feel your fingernails growing? Do you feel your hair growing? It's like there's cellular replication happening. There's, there's changes. It just, it takes time. Let's stick with it. You can't eat one salad and be fit. You know, you don't do one yoga class and all of a sudden you're flexible. You know, you don't do bicep curls once and you're Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like, it's a process. So... I'm, I'm really clear about that though. Like it doesn't, it happens all the time. The other, the flip side of that is salmon swim upstream and patients bitch. <laughs> it's just normal. It's human nature. Okay. So you do it with love. I'm not talking about like just dismissing them, but like, yeah, I understand. I know that you're feeling that. I want what you want. This is going to get better. We're, we're on the right track. As long as you see objectively as a chiropractor that you're objective findings are getting better. Pre and post is changing, you're feeling changes in the tone, changes in the alignment. If you're not seeing that, I would be like, let's look at something. I don't know why this isn't changing. Okay, but yeah. Does that help? Yeah. Another thing, Lawrence, and for everybody here, and it all comes from what Patrick said is, but didn't use a wording for it, it's pre-framing it, yeah. where you're, pre you're framing it before you even start with the treatment or the adjustments or the care plan. And they need, they need to understand that. It's like, if you have a feeling that person comes in and they want the, like, the home run miracle adjustment and one I want to be fixed, like that needs to be addressed from the very beginning. If not, you're setting yourself up for headaches and it's just, it's a terrible experience. I hate being, you know those patients that come in like that and you just dread, you see them on the books and you're like, oh God, they're coming in today. 
Those of you who maybe don't have that experience yet, you're just like, oh my God, this person is just like, oh, I just don't want to see them. And I mean, I know, but it happens. <laughs> because sometimes they're like really, really negative or they're just like always, it's like I don't want. A lot of those problems can be solved by pre-framing it from the very beginning where you go just like that. You're not going to go to the gym once and have huge arms. You're not going to do one yoga class and be flexible. You're not going to eat one salad and lose 20 kilos, right? Not that you need to lose 20 kilos. <laughs> I don't need salad. <laughs> um, and say, it's a process. This, it, your spine is messed up in, in whatever words you choose to say. it. And this has been a process. You've gotten this problem here. It's taken a long time to get here. It didn't start overnight. You can't fix it overnight. So don't expect that. If you're expecting to be fixed overnight, it's unrealistic. And so that's where the art of um, getting, having a good first visit where you can help them see that this problem has probably been going on for a while and it takes time to heal. And it also goes right back to the very beginning of having that core congruent message. When somebody comes in, you listen to them, you hear them out, you want to find out what's important to them, and then you use that as a segue to explain the service that you offer. And you explain it in very explicit terms of how you work and what the expectations are and what you might expect from this care. And very clearly, like, I'm not here to fix your shoulder. I'm here to get your body back into balance. It has been my experience over 15 years. People that get back into balance start to feel better, sleep better, have more energy, have less stress, their digestive function works better, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to be clear that I'm not here to fix your shoulder. Okay? So that... If you're, I mean, it's got to be just clear from day one, okay? You can't bring them in under one pretense and then later be upset because they don't want lifetime vitalistic care. You know what I mean? If you've sold them low back pain correction. No, I made it clear, like I make it clear every time that I can't fix your pain, exactly what you guys said, mm -hmm. I can't fix, I can't fix collar, I can't fix back pain, but they still, they still come at me with the, uh, oh yeah, can you fix, like, the pain, um, so I think that's just a... It's universal, and there's a couple of a couple of things that um, you could also include a, a physiotherapist. Have a good relationship with a good physiotherapist. I refer oftentimes if I find one that's really good that will do rehabilitative care and not just shake and bake, you know, <laughs> ultrasound and diathermy and all that. If they actually get in there and do something, um, yeah, we have a really good mutually beneficial relationship. And uh, what was the other thing I was going to add? Oh, get more people adjusting at the same time. They feel uncomfortable saying that in front of other people. Make sense? Yeah. yeah. Just like, yeah, there's 20 people waiting. They don't want to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that didn't land very well here. <laughs> just, just have a full waiting room. Yeah. It comes from, and then we'll get there. It, it comes from you being clear. Because what happens is, if we take it personally, a lot of times it's that, we wanna help people, right? We're, we're chiropractors, we're givers. We want people to feel better. We wanna give, give them our service so they feel better, right? Well, um, it, we have to be clear that sometimes, like, it's like healing goes at its own pace. It's not like in one day you're gonna be better. You might feel better, I don't know. Do we know with 100% certainty when they're gonna feel better? Do we or not? No. We don't know, do we? And so if we say, oh yeah, you're going to be much better in a week, like, how do you know that? You know? 
So it's like getting clear on um, what it is that you really believe to be true for you. And if you've got it, then you're clear and it's like, I'm not gonna be shaken because somebody keeps complaining about their pain, it's fine. It's just like, hey, Patrick, we already talked about this last week. Just lie down, we're in a process, it's, we're doing fine, you're gonna be fine. Lie down, let's get adjusted. Yeah, if we take it personally though, and it's like on your own shoulders, they're not getting better, they're not getting better, they're not getting, then it gets frustrating and then you don't wanna see them. Mm. Got it? Yeah, someone else was gonna ask, uh, yeah. No, I just thought there was a nice question earlier. Uh, what can chiropractic do and what can't chiropractic do? Just mm -hmm. follow up. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I believe chiropractic can change consciousness. Mm -hmm. I believe it can change every aspect of a human's experience on planet Earth. I mean, we live our lives through our nervous system. And our nervous system, like we don't have that much time to get into how it all functions, but it's a sensory driven system. Okay, it's, it's based on it needs proper afferent input into the system or it is not well. Okay, and there is most of that afferent input, the vast, vast majority comes from your vestibular system and your spine, mostly your upper cervical spine. And when they are subluxated, they're not working well, then their brain has no chance of working properly. And when you restore that proper input and you get it firing correctly again, it changes neuromusculoskeletal conditions, it changes alignment, it changes organic function, it moves them out of a sympathetic dominant state, and it also very much changes the circulation in the frontal lobes and changes their perception and behavior and cognition. So for me, um, at no point am I going, oh, you have, okay, you have cancer, you have sciatica, you have this, I have this probability of correcting that condition. I don't even explain that. I'm explaining what chiropractic does is it helps to restore function. It helps to move you back towards balance. And the nervous system is what perceives your environment and controls all other functions of your body. All, A-L-L. -L. So as we get that functioning at a higher level, then all of those systems have a greater chance of working well. I'm not offering them a cure for anything. You know, I'm, I'm explaining that it will work better. And I have objective parameters that I look at to see that that nervous system is functioning at a higher level. And when that happens, that's when the miracles happen. You just see it. Like it's 100% of the time. Somebody comes in and follows their plan, 100% of the time, their sagittal balance changes. Their head comes upright, they start to be more upright, their oxygen, um, not, not necessarily saturation, but their lung volume, their pulmonary capacity always changes. Um, what else? HRV always changes. Like people just start functioning at a higher level. It's 100%. How many of you have been in practice and seen people, a practice or even at the clinic, and have seen people who are just um, kind of jerks, like this, like this lady that I was telling you about, mm -hmm. yeah. and just really rude and everything like that, and then you start getting them adjusted a few times, and um, they change? Ever seen that? <laughs> that? That for me was the biggest change in my entire chiropractic experience over the last 16 years. Basically, I used to not enjoy those people, and making it about me, like, oh, they're making my day less pleasant. And now I love those people because I know that they're just, their nervous system's not firing right. Those people that come in as total assholes and then after a period of time, they're the people that are smiling. And my CA loves it. She's like, You're, you do magic because people become nicer human beings. 
You know, it's, it's truly, that is my favorite outcome measure. When someone becomes like, they have more color in their face, they have more light in their eyes, they're more friendly. They're just nicer human beings. I mean, how, how often do you see that? All the time. And, and I just have to, I have to step back when they come in and they're very locked down in defense physiology and they're not using their frontal lobes. They're all in their lizard brain and they want to fight and the world is dangerous and threatening. And as they get adjusted a while and that circulation changes, they start kicking those frontal lobes in, start to inhibit their lizard brain a little bit, they start to open up and they have less tension in their body, they just become better human beings, period. And that is my absolute favorite thing about chiropractic, irrespective of conditions or pain or anything else. Mm. So, yes? Um, if you have a patient that's already in that state, mm -hmm. what do you as a chiropractor do for them if they seek you out? In that state? In, in what Someone who's already in balance, mm. who's already doing well, already having radiating joy. Mm -hmm. Take, I don't know, a typical yogi. <laughs> yep, that, um, no, I, I used to, okay, it was really interesting because I, I used to think like people doing meditation and yoga that they would just be at this perfect spinal state. I have seen more yoga teachers with advanced DJD, tons, tons, and they have a lot of subluxation, but what they do is their lifestyle is allowing their nervous system to function at a higher level and hide that dysfunction. But as they get older, they start to crash. And the reason being is because the, the movement at your spinal level, uh, sorry, let me rephrase this. Everybody, I want you to move C5 on C6. I want you to move the spinous from left to right. Can anyone do that? Not without moving global movements. That's because they're not volitional muscles. You cannot do a yoga class and correct a dysfunction in the spine. It's a reflexogenic system. Okay, the multifidi and our transversari, all of that is dependent upon proper input. So regardless of whatever asanas or postures you do, it's not going to correct that. And those people, they usually come back and tell you, wow, I feel like I've gotten deeper into my yoga practice. I'm getting more benefits from it. I am feeling more connected. And it's just about speaking to them and their values. If that's what they really want, talk about how chiropractic gets you more connected. It, has, it gets, moves you out of stress even more, okay? Because, this is, I don't want to go too deep down this road, but usually people value what is a void in their life. And a lot of people who do yoga, they may seem really enlightened, but they got some, some shit they're running from, okay? So they like yoga because it gets them balanced. Make sense? So they still have a, they're on this plane, they still have things they can improve. Right. And guys, don't assume, like when somebody's been to another chiropractor, a lot of times I used, when I was first starting in practice, I'd assume that they already understood and they got it already. Yeah. They know how chiropractic works. There's like maybe 50 of us sitting in here. We all probably practice a little bit differently, don't we? And so the same way that we don't just assume that they understand what we're doing. I had, when my very first year in practice, this lady's like, oh yeah, yeah, I've been to a chiropractor before. She was a new patient. Yeah. I've been to a chiropractor before, yeah. Really into it. And I was like, oh, perfect, she's gonna understand it, it's gonna be so easy. And I remember I did a, um, I did a very deep seated cervical and I adjusted her bilaterally and it was very, very deep because I was like, oh yeah, she's already been adjusted before. And then she came back and she's like, oh my God, I don't know what you did to me. 
oh my God, I feel terrible. I feel so bad since the adjustment. What did you do to me? And I was like, oh, but I thought you'd been on a chiropractic care before. And she's like, she's like, yeah. And, and I was like, well, what, what would the other chiropractor do? And she's like, oh, it was this thing where I'd lie there and she'd kind of do a little soft touch like that. <laughs> and was like, I was like, oh, is it network? And she goes, yeah, I was doing network chiropractic. And it's just like, oh, whoops. <laughs> so we assume sometimes that the yogis or the meditation gurus or the um, enlightened, I had these people, it was so weird. They come into my practice wearing the white linen. <laughs> and it was like there are these enlightened beings that were just, just like, how do I get these people? It's like, God, how do I attract these people into my life? <laughs> and uh, they came in, and I just assumed that they were like so spiritually awakened, and it was like they were going to be so on board with chiropractic and everything. No idea. No, I, clueless. <laughs> they were what? Um, Sabino todos? Uh, know it alls? Yeah. Know it alls. Um, and it's like, yeah, I've already got it, I already know it, I already know this, but it's like completely, I've got it. And I come to realize that some of my ideal patients are people who are just basic, simple, I like um, blue-collar families that come in, because they're just open, they're just simple, they just want it, they get it, and they're just like, oh, this makes sense, this makes a lot of sense. And value, I like when people come in really messed up. Not because they're messed up for them, but I like, because I know chiropractic is going to help them. And then they're going to value it even more. And I love that. I love when people are really, really messed up. It's going to be better. <laughs> Almost everyone gets better. That's you know their life's going to get better. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I had a teacher the other day describe chiropractors like just do adjustments as one trick ponies. What would you say to that? And what's your opinion on chiropractors doing other treatments apart from adjustments? Okay, so. Um, one trick pony as in being like they only adjust yeah <laughs> i think you guys are getting the feel of where we come from um as chiropractors probably um i think it's great if people want to mix um different things into chiropractic it's fine as long as the adjustment is the core um focus as to what we're doing what is it that makes us different there's manual therapists there's osteopaths there's physios what else um, there's tons of other manual therapists out there. What is it that makes us different? It does okay. And I also, I, I don't particularly know the person, I don't know what their experience is, but it has been my experience that people that downplay the adjustment normally are not very skilled adjusters. Yes, almost 100%. Almost 100%, yeah. And they get, well you go through class because at no point in your training Will you ever be graded on an adjustment? You'll be graded on how you pose. You'll be graded on how you set up. You'll be graded on uh, how you do an analysis. But no one is ever laying on the table and, and assessing your adjustment. Mm -hmm. You know? And I know people who've been in practice for 30, 40 years that I would not let them touch my dying dog. <laughs> I'm serious. The reason that Aaron and I travel. Like, I spent 12 hours traveling today. I have a busy, busy practice. I don't need to go teach. But really what inspires me and what drives me is that the level of adjusting is so poor in our profession that it's going to be very, very quickly that the physiotherapists are going to outpace us. And they are going to take chiropractic. I'm very, very clear on that. If we do not up our game, I would say that 95% of the, the profession 
is not skilled at their craft. At least 95%. And that drives me more than anything in the world. Because it's not, I mean, it is difficult. It requires training, but it's not rocket science either. It just requires time and repetition and training, just like you would train anything else. And people aren't doing it. So I am not healing anyone of anything, but I've seen some really, really, really cool stuff from only the adjustment. Yeah. That's all I've been doing. That's all we've been doing. Speak for us. Um, 15 years in practice, I think you're 16 now, aren't you? That's all I've ever done. That's all I've ever done. In the States, oh my God, man, they're doing everything you can imagine in the States. They, I don't know about here as well. Everything you can imagine chiropractors are doing it. Weight loss is like all the different machines, everything they can do to bill insurance and make more money. And I just never lived in that world because I've, I've only practiced um, in Nicaragua and in Spain. And that's all I ever wanted to do was just adjust. We'll get your question in a bit. That's all I ever wanted to do was just adjust. And that's all I was passionate about. I thought, why, why would you do anything else? Because that's, we saw by just adjusting over the last 15 years, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff happening. And that's what changed my life, is the adjustment. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no disrespect to whoever, yeah. whoever said that. It's fine. They're entitled to their opinion. And we're not saying they're not a good adjuster. Who knows? I mean, we don't know who it is, but... It was me. <laughs> and um, it was someone who was next door neighbor's uh, neighbor who mentioned it to me because there was a chiropractor working at the hospital and that was her point of view from her outside perspective mm. that's what she she saw and i was just chatting about it cool okay yeah it's it, it's, <laughs> it was my opinion okay it was just what she said yeah someone someone else. it's absolutely fine and everybody can have their own opinion right but if we can follow what Patrick was just talking about and just increase our level, it's like the adjustment is enough. And people will start to see that the adjustment, oh yeah, chiropractors adjust and they get great results. Yep. Before we go there, I want to tell a quick story that happened it was about three weeks ago when we were in Atlanta. So um, I'm at this speaking conference and uh, obviously I'm speaking about chiropractic. And this guy who's also there, he starts telling me after I tell my story. Okay, because we have to tell our story. And I talk about a particular experience that I had and when I was young and um, just things that happened in my life and I was really closed down. And I had an extraordinarily masterful adjustment that helped me more than any other intervention. And it changed who I was as a, as a person. And I realized I have to learn and be able to do that. And so as I'm telling the story, this is part of my practice because I have to tell my own story. The guy goes, would you adjust me? Yeah, sure, no problem, I'd love to. So I adjust him, and I'm watching him walk, and he's like dragging his leg, and I said, yeah, it's that SI joint is there, we'll get the upper cervical, I adjust him, and he goes, oh my God, oh my God. So I can feel my foot, you know? He starts to take his shoe off, and his foot's swollen like a watermelon, okay? And it literally, in front of our eyes, just starts going down like this. It's like lymphedema, but like really, like pitting edema, uh, just, it, it wasn't flowing. And all of a sudden it starts moving and I adjust his talus and he just leaves and starts crying and I didn't know what was going on. He comes back afterwards and tells me, he goes, when I was a kid, uh, I was out of the house. I went over to the neighbor's house. I wasn't supposed to. I was jumping on a trampoline and I fell and I hurt my foot and I hid it from my parents. But then I told my foot was swelling up like this. And it's been like that for 25 years. And doctors were telling him that he had some... Um, 
I think it was benign, but they were telling him that we may have to amputate your foot. What? And he's like, my whole life, I knew I was going to lose my foot. I just didn't know when. And he said, it, I now finally have the belief that maybe my body can heal. And that was like one adjustment. So had I maybe massaged his foot or maybe <laughs> done some acupuncture, possibly, possibly, but that adjustment changed that guy's life. Make sense? So one, I've heard one chiropractor say that if patients believe that the adjustment is enough, that they will get better. So how do we know if it's the adjustment or the pre-faming and the communication that's really getting the patients better? Okay, well, first of all, I don't believe in placebo. I believe in nocebo. <laughs> know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the body's natural drive is to heal. Okay, so it's not like feeding information in there, I'm gonna convince you. We've seen horses get better. We've seen animals get better. We've seen babies that have no cognitive, you can't feed that placebo into them. But you can tell someone, you have X. And you can affect their thinking on that. Make sense? Healing is a natural drive inherent to all living organisms. So it's the removing of doubt, if that makes sense. The nocebo is like, oh, you have these probabilities, you're already putting doubt into the system. Whereas, I don't even talk about you're gonna heal, you're not gonna heal, it's just, this clears your nervous system, makes your nervous system work better. We're gonna check and see where you're at, we're gonna check and see where you're at after a period of time, and see how that changes. All right, so that is where the recording ends. I hope that you got some great stuff out of that like we did. If you want to know more about Aaron and Pat and what they do, simply search for them anywhere online by searching for Syntropy Chiropractic Training. So next up on the show, we've got Travis Cochran giving us a talk by sharing his understanding about how the quality of our thought impacts who we are and the world that we live in. So that's a really interesting episode that will be released one week's time from now. So on Monday the 4th of May, the show will be aired. So stay tuned, stay healthy. Thanks for being curious and I'll see you in the next one.